Here's a Lotus Kenny Anderson's podcast, and it's the 15th of January 2023. The time is 1846, and it is Thursday. Now, today we're going to pick up where we left off. We have come to uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 15. Then Samuel said to Saul, Jehovah sent me to anoint you as king over his people Israel. Now listen to what Jehovah has to say. This is what Jehovah of armies says. I will call to account the Amalekites who, for what they did to Israel when they opposed them along their way coming up from Egypt, now go and strike down the Amalekites and devote them to destruction, along with all that they have. You must not spare them. You are to put them to death, man as well as child, man as well as woman, child as well as infant, bull as well as sheep, camel as well as donkey. Saul summoned the people and counted them in Telaim. There were 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. Saul advanced as far as the city of Amalek and set an ambush by the valley. Saul then said to the Canaanites, Go depart from among the Amalekites, so that I do not sweep you away with them, for you showed loyal love to all the people of Israel at the time they came out of Egypt. So the Canaanites departed from the midst of Amalek. After that, Saul struck down the Amalekites from Havilah as far as Shur, which is next to the Egypt. He caught Agag, the king of Amalek, alive, but all the other people he devoted to destruction with the sword. However, Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the flock, the herd, the fattened animals, the rams, and all that was good. They did not want to devote them to destruction, but all the goods that were worthless and unwanted, these they devoted to destruction. Then the word of Jehovah came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned away from following me, and he has not carried out my words. Samuel became very upset, and he kept crying out to Jehovah all night long. When Saul got up early in the morning to meet so when Samuel got up early in the morning to meet Saul, Samuel was told, Saul went to Carmel, and there he erected a monument for himself. Then he turned around and went down to Gilgal. When Samuel finally came to him, Saul said to him, May Jehovah bless you. I have carried out the word of Jehovah. But Samuel said, Then what is this sound of the flock in my ears and the sound of the cattle that are here? To this Saul said, they were brought from the Amalekites because the people spared the best of the flock and the herd for sacrificing them to Jehovah your God, but what was left we devoted to destruction. At this Samuel said to Saul, Stop, let me tell you what Jehovah said to me last night. So he said to him, Speak. Samuel continued, Were you not insignificant in your own eyes when you were made head of the tribes of Israel and when Jehovah anointed you as king over Israel? Jehovah later sent you on a mission and said, Go and devote the sinful Amalekites to destruction. Fight against them until you have exterminated them. So why did you not obey the voice of Jehovah? Instead you rushed greedily towards the spoil and did what was bad in the eyes of Jehovah. However, Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of Jehovah. I went on a mission to which Jehovah sent me, and I brought back Agag, the king of Amalek, and I devoted and I devoted the Amalekites to destruction. But the people took sheep and cattle from the spoil, the best of what was devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to Jehovah your God at Gilgal.
Samuel then said, Does Jehovah take as much pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of Jehovah? Look, to obey is better than a sacrifice, and to pay attention than the fat of rams. For rebelliousness is the same as the sin of divination, and pushing ahead presumptuously the same as using magical power and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of Jehovah, he has rejected you from being king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have overstepped the order of Jehovah and your words, because I feared the people and listened to what they said. And now, please pardon my sin and return with me so that I may bow down to Jehovah. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of Jehovah, and Jehovah has rejected you from continuing as king of Israel. As Samuel was turning to go, Saul grabbed hold of the hem of his sleeveless coat, but it ripped away. At this Samuel said to him, Jehovah has ripped away the royal rule of Israel from you today, and he will give it to the one of your fellow man who is better than you. Moreover, the excellency of Israel will not prove false or change his mind, for he is not a mere man that he should change his mind. At this he said, I have sinned, but honor me, please, in front of the elders of my people and in front of Israel, return with me, and I will bow down to Jehovah your God. So Samuel returned behind Saul, and Saul bowed down to Jehovah, and Samuel said, Bring Agag the king of Amalek near to me. Then Agag went to him reluctantly, for Agag had been saying to himself, Surely the threat of death is past. However, Samuel said, just as your sword has bereaved women or children of children, so your mother will be most bereaved among women. With that, Samuel hacked Agag to pieces before Jehovah at Gilgal. Samuel now went to Ramach, and Saul went up to his own house at Gibeah of Saul. Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death, for Samuel went into mourning for Saul, and Jehovah regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. Chapter number 16. Jehovah eventually said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, now that I have rejected him from ruling, ruling as king of Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Beltamanite, because I have selected from among his son, sons a king for myself. But Samuel said, How can I go? When Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Jehovah replied, Take a young cow with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to Jehovah. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice. Then I will make known to you what to do. You must anoint for me the one whom I designate to you. Samuel did what Jehovah said. When he came to Bethlehem, the elders of the city were trembling at meeting him, and they said, Does your coming mean peace? To this he said, It means peace. I have come to sacrifice to Jehovah. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he sanctified Jesse and his sons, after which he summoned them to the sacrifice. As they came in and he saw Eliab, he said, Surely here before Jehovah stands his anointed one. But Jehovah said to Samuel, Do not pay attention to his appearance and how tall he is, for I have rejected him. 
for the way man sees is not the way God sees, because mere man sees what appears to the eyes, but Jehovah sees into the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him passed before Samuel, but he said, Jehovah has not chosen this one either. Next Jesse presented Samach, but he said, Jehovah has not chosen this one either. So Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, Jehovah has not chosen any of these. Finally Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all of your spoils? To this he said, The youngest has been left out until now. He is pasturing the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send for him, because he will not sit down for the meal until he comes here. So we will not sit down for the meal until he comes here. So he sent for him and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with beautiful eyes and handsome in appearance. Then Jehovah said, Get up, anoint him, for this is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and the Spirit of Jehovah began to empower David from that day forward. Samuel later rose and went his way to Ramah. Now the Spirit of Jehovah had departed from Saul, and a bad spirit from Jehovah terrorized him. The servant of Saul said to him, You see that a bad spirit from God is terrorizing you. Let our Lord please command your servants before you to look for a man who is skilled at playing the harp. Whenever a bad spirit from God comes upon you, he will play it, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his servant, Find me, please, a man who plays well, and bring him to me. One of the attendants said, Look, I have seen how a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, plays skillfully, and he is a courageous, mighty warrior. He can speak well, and he is handsome, and Jehovah is with him. Saul then sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send to me your son David, who is with the flock. So Jesse loaded a donkey with bread and a skin bottle of wine and a young goat and sent them to Saul with his son David. Thus David came to Saul and began serving him. Saul grew to love him very much, and he became his armor-bearer. Saul sent a messenger to Jesse, Please let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my eyes. Whenever a bad spirit from God came upon Saul, David took the harp and played it, and Saul found relief and felt better, and the bad spirit would depart from him. Chapter number 17 And the Philistines assembled their armies for war. They assembled at Sochor, which belongs to Judah, and they camped between Sochor and Ashikah in Ephradim. Saul and the men of Israel assembled and camped in the valley of Elach, and they drew up in battle formation to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied the mountains on one side, and the Israelites occupied the mountain on the other side, with the valley between them. Then a champion came out from the camp of the Philistines. His name was Goliath from Gat, and his height was six cubics and a span. He had a helmet of copper on his head, and he was wearing a coat of mail of overlapping scales. The weight of the copper coat of mails was 5,000 shekels. He had skin guards of copper on his legs and a jawling of copper slung between his shoulders. The wooden shaft of his spear was like the beam of loom workers, and the iron blade of his spear weighed 600 shekels, 
and his shield bearer was marching ahead of him. Then he stood and called out to the battle line of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to draw up in battle formation? Am I not the Philistines, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and strike me down, we will then become your servants. But if I prevail against him and strike him down, you will become our servants and serve us. The Philistines then said, I do taunt the battle line of Israel this day. Give me a man and let us fight it out. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they became terrified and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of the Ephraimite from Bethlehem of Judah named Jesse, who had eight sons, and who in the days of Saul was already an old man. The three oldest sons of Jesse had followed Saul to the war. The names of his three sons who went to war were Eliab, the firstborn, his second son, Abinadab, and the third, Shammach. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. David was going back and forth from Saul to tend the sheep of his father at Bethlehem. Millevine, the Philistines, come forward and take his position each morning and each evening for forty days. Then Jesse said to his son David, Take please this ephod of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread, and carry them quickly to your brothers in the camp, and take these ten portions of cheese to the chiefs of the thousands, also, you should check on the welfare of your brothers and bring back some token from them. They were with Saul and all the other men of Israel in the valley of Elach fighting against the Philistines. So David got up early in the morning and left someone in charge of the sheep. Then he packed up and went just as Jesse had commanded him. When he came to the camp enclosure, the army was going out to the battle line shouting a battle cry. Israel and the Philistines drew up so that one battle line faced the other battle line. David immediately left his baggage in the care of the baggage keeper and ran to the battle line. When he arrived, he began asking about the welfare of his brothers. While he was speaking with them, there came the champion named Goliath, the Philistines from Gath. He came out from the battle line of the Philistines and he spoke the same words as before, and David heard him. When all the men of Israel saw the man, they fled from him, terrified. The men of Israel were saying, Have you seen this man who is coming out? He comes to taunt Israel. The king will give great riches to the man who strikes him down. He will give him his own daughter, and he will give the house of his father in exemption in Israel. David began to say to the men who were standing near him, what will be done for the man who strikes down that Philistines over there and takes away reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the battle line of the living God? Then the people told him the same thing as before. This is what will be done for the man who strikes him down. When his oldest brother Eliab heard him speak to the men, he became angry with David and said, Why have you come down? And with, 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 with whom did you... Leave those few sheep in the wilderness. I will know your presumptuousness and the bad intentions of your heart. You came down just to see the battle. To this David said, What have I done now? I was only asking a question. 
So he turned from him towards someone else and asked the same thing as before, and the people gave him the same reply as before. The words that David had spoken were overheard and reported to Saul, so he sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. But Saul said to David, You are not able to go fight against this Philistine, for you are but a boy, and he has been a soldier from his youth. David then said to Saul, Your servant became a shepherd of his father's flock, and a lion came also, a bear, and each carried off a sheep from the flock. I went out after it and struck it down and rescued it from its mouth. When it rose up again against me, I grabbed it by its fur and struck it down and put it to death. Your servant struck down both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistines will become like one of them, for he has taunted the battle line of the living God. Then David added, Jehovah who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear, he is the one who will rescue me from the hands of this Philistine. At this Saul said to David, Go and may Jehovah be with you. Saul now clothed David with his garment. He put a copper helmet on his head, after which he clothed him with a coat of mail. Then David strapped on his sword over his garment and tried to go, but could not, for he was not used to them. David said to Saul, I am unable to go in these things, for I am not used to them. So David took them off. He then took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the stream bread and placed them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and his sling was in his hand, and he began approaching the Philistine. The Philistine came closer and closer to David, and his shield-bearer was ahead of him. When the Philistines looked at saw David, he snared at him in contempt because he was just a ruddy and handsome boy. So the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog, so that you are coming against me with sticks? With that the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistines said to David, Just come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the heavens and to the beasts of the field. David replied to the Philistines, You are coming against me with the sword and spear and jawline, but I am coming against you in the name of Jehovah of armies, the God of the battle line of Israel, whom you have taunted. This very day Jehovah will surrender you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And on this day I will give the corpses of the camp of Philistines to the birds of the heavens and to the wild beasts of the earth, And people of all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not with the sword or the spear that Jehovah saves, for the battle belongs to Jehovah, and he will give all of you into our hands. Then the Philistine rose and drew steadily closer to meet David, but David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet the Philistine. David thrust his hand into his bag and took a stone from there and slung it. He struck the Philistines in the forehead, and the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone. He struck down the Philistine and put him to death, though there was no sword in David's hand. David continued running and stood over him. Then he took hold of the Philistine's sword and pulled it out of his sheet and made sure that he was dead by cutting off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their mighty one had died, they fled. 
At that the men of Israel and of Judah rose and broke into shouting and pursued the Philistines all the way from the valley to the gates of Akron. And the slain of the Philistines lay fallen along the road from Sha'arim as far as Gath and Akron. After the Israelites returned from hostile pursuing the Philistines, they pillaged their camps. Then David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put the Philistines' weapons in his own tent. At the morning, at the moment that Saul, that Saul saw David go out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, Abner, the chiefs of the army, Whose son is this boy, Abner? Abner replied, As surely as you live, O king, I do not know. The king said, Find out whose son the young man is. So as soon as David returned from striking down the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistines in his hand. Saul now said to him, Whose son are you, boy? To which David said, The son of your servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Chapter number 18 As soon as David had finished speaking to Saul, Jonathan and David became bound together in close friendship, and Jonathan began to love him as himself. From that day Saul kept David with him, and he did not allow him to return to his father's house. And Jonathan and David made a covenant, because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the sleeveless coat that he wore and gave it to David, along with his gear, his sword, his bow, and his belt. David began going out and was successful whenever Saul would send him. So Saul put him in charge of the fighting men, and this pleased all the people and the servant of Saul. When David and the others would return from striking down the Philistines, the women would come out from all the cities of Israel with song and uh, dances to meet King Saul with tambourine, with rejoicing and with lotteries, with lutes. The women who were celebrating would sing, Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his ten thousands. Saul became very angry at this song, displeased him, for he said, They have credited David with ten thousands, but to me they have credited thousands. The only thing left to give him is the kingship. From that day on, Saul was always looking at David suspiciously. The next day a bad spirit from God gripped Saul, and he started to act strangely inside the house. While David was playing music on the harp as one occasion, other occasion, Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurtled the spear, saying to himself, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped from him twice. Then Saul was afraid of David because Jehovah was with him, but had departed from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and appointed him as chief of a thousand, and David would lead the army into battle. David continued to have success in all he did, and Jehovah was with him. And when Saul saw that he was very successful, he became afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he would lead them in their campaigns. Saul later said to David, Here is my oldest daughter, Merab. I will give her to you as a wife. However, you should continue to display your courage for me and fight the wars of Jehovah. For Saul said to himself, Do not let my hand come against him. Let the hand of the Philistines strike him. At this David said to Saul, 
who am I and who are my relatives, my father's family in Israel, for me to become son-in-law to the king. However, when the time came to give Saul's daughter Mirab to David, she had already been given to be the wife of Adriel, the Meholaites. Now Saul's daughter, Michael, was in love with David, and it was reported to Saul, and this pleased him. So Saul said, I will give her to him to serve as a snare to him, so that the hand of the Philistines may come upon him. Saul then said to David a second time, You will form a marriage alliance with me today. Further, Saul ordered his servant, Speak to David secretly and say, Look, the king is pleased with you, and all his servants are fond of you. So now form a marriage alliance with the king. When Saul's servant told David these things, David said, It is a trivial matter to you to form a marriage alliance with the king when I am a man poor and lightly esteemed. Then Saul's servant reported to him, These are the words that David spoke. At that Saul said, This is what you should say to David. The king does not want any bright prize except one hundred foreskins of the Philistines to take revenge on the enemies of the king. For Saul was scheming to have David fall by the hands of the Philistines. So his servant reported these words to David, and it was pleasing to David to form a marriage alliance with the king before the looted time. David went with his men and struck down 200 Philistine men, and David brought the full number of their foreskins to the king to form a marriage alliance with the king. Therefore Saul gave him his daughter Michael as a wife. Saul realized that Jehovah was with David and that his daughter Michael loved him. This made Saul even more afraid of David, and Saul became an enemy of David for the rest of his life. The princes of Philistines would go out to battle, but as often as they went out, David was more successful than all the servants of Saul, and his name was highly esteemed. Chapter number 19 Saul later spoke to Jonathan his son and to all his servants about putting David to death. Since Saul's son Jonathan was very fond of David, Jonathan told David, My father Saul wants to have you put to death. Please be on your guard in the morning and go to a secret place and remain hidden. I will go out and stand next to my father in the field where you will be. I will talk about you to my father, and if I learn anything, I will be sure to tell you. So Jonathan spoke well of David to his father Saul. He said to him, The king should not sin against his servant David, for he has not sinned against you, and what he has done for you has benefited you. He risked his life to strike down the Philistine, so that Jehovah brought about a great victory for all Israel. You saw it, and you were overjoyed. So why should you sin against innocent blood in having David put to death for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan, and Saul swore, As surely as Jehovah is living, he will not be put to death. Afterwards, Jonathan called David and told him all these things. So Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he continued to serve him as before. In time, war broke out again, and David went out and fought against the Philistines and struck them down with a great slaughter, and they fled from before him. And a bad spirit from Jehovah came upon Saul when he was sitting in his house with his spear in his hand, while David was playing music on the harp. 
Saul tried to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he eluded Saul, who drove the spear into the wall. David fled and escaped during that night. Saul later sent messengers to David's house to watch it and to kill him in the morning. But David's wife, Michael, told him, If you do not escape tonight, tomorrow you will be a dead man. Immediately Michael led David down through the window so that he could run away and escape. Michael took the teraphim statue and placed it on the bed, and she put a net of goat hairs at the place of his head, and she covered it with a garment. Saul now sent messengers to take David, but she said, He is sick. So Saul sent the messengers to see David and told them, Bring him to me on his bed to have him put to death. When the messengers came in, there was the teraphim statue on the bed and a net of goat hair where his head would have been. Saul said to Michael, Why did you trick me like this and send my enemy away so that he could escape? Michael replied to Saul, He said to me, Send me away or I will kill you. Now David had run away and escaped, and he came to Samuel at Ramah. He told him all that Saul had done to him. Then he and Samuel went away, and they stayed in Naioth. In time it was reported to Saul, Look, David is in Naioth, in Ramah. At once Saul sent messengers to seize David. When they saw the elderly ones of the prophets prophesying, and Samuel standing and presiding over them, the Spirit of God came to be upon Saul's messengers, and they began behaving as prophets as well. When they told it to Saul, he immediately sent other messengers, and they too began having as, uh, began behaving as prophets. So Saul sent messengers again, a third group, and they too began having behaving as prophets. Finally, he also went to Ramah. When he reached the great cistern that is in Shehu, he asked, Where are Samuel and David? They replied, They are in Naoth, in Ramah. While Saul was on his way from there to Naoth, in Ramah, the Spirit of God came upon him as well, and he walked along, behaving as a prophet, until he came into Naoth, in Ramah. He also stripped off his garment, and he too behaved as a prophet before Samuel, and he laid there naked all that day and all that night. That is why they say, Is Saul also among the prophets? Chapter number 20 Then David ran away from Naoth in Ramah. However, he came to Jonathan and said, What have I done? What is my offense? And how have I sinned against your father for him to seek my life? At this Jonathan said to him, It is unthinkable. You will not die. Look, my father will not do anything, great or small, without disclosing it, disclosing it to me. Why should my father hide this matter from me? This will not happen. But David swore further and said, Your father surely knows that I have found favor in your eyes, and would say, Do not let Jonathan know this, or he will be upset. But as surely as Jehovah is living, and as surely as you are living, there is only a step between me and death. Then Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. David said to Jonathan, Tomorrow is the new moon, and I am certainly ex- expected 
to sit with the king to eat, you must send me away, and I will hide in the field until the evening on the third day. If your father misses me at all, then say, If your father misses me at all, then say, David begged me for permission to go quickly to his city, Bethlehem, because there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If his response is, that is fine, it means peace to your servant. But if he becomes angry, you can be sure <clears throat> that he is determined to harm you, to harm me. Show loyal love to your servant, for you have brought your servant into Jehovah's covenant with you. But if I am guilty, put me to death yourself. Why turn me over to your father? To this Jonathan said, It is unthinkable to suggest that um, about you. If I learned that my father is determined to harm you, would I not tell you? Then David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me whether your father gives you a harsh answer? Jonathan said to David, Come, let us go out into the field. So both of them went out into the field. And Jonathan said to David, Let Jehovah the God of Israel be a witness that I will sound out my father about this time tomorrow or by the third day. If he is favorable disposed towards David, will I not then send your word and disclose it to you? But if my father intends to harm you, may Jehovah do what? That and more to Jonathan, if I do not disclose it to you and send you away in peace, may Jehovah be with you, just as he was with my father. And will you not show me the loyal love of Jehovah while I am alive and even when I die? Never withdraw your loyal love from your household, from my household, even when Jehovah wipes out all the enemies of David from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Jehovah will require it and call David's, David's enemies to account. So Jonathan had David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan then said to him, Tomorrow is the new moon, and you will be missed, for your seat will be vanished or vacant. By the third day you will be missed even more, and you must go to the place where you hit the other day, and stay near the stone here. I will then shoot three arrows to one side of it, as though I were shooting at a target. When I send the attendant, I will say, Go, find the arrow. If I say to the attendants, Look, the arrows are on this side of you. Get them. Then you may come back, for as surely as Jehovah is living, it means everything is peaceful for you, and there is no danger. But if I should say to the boy, Look, the arrows are beyond you. Then go, for Jehovah has sent you away. As for the promise that we have made, you and I, may Jehovah be between us forever. So David hid in the field. When the new moon came, the king took his seat at the meal to eat. The king was sitting in his usual seat by the wall. Jonathan was facing him, and Abner was sitting at Saul's side, but David's place was vacant. Saul did not say anything that day, for he said to himself, Something has happened so that he is not clean. Yes, he must be unclean. And the day after the new moon, on the second day, David's place continued vacant. Saul then said to Jonathan, his son, Why has the son of Jesse not come to the meal either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered Saul, David begged for me for permission to go to Bethlehem. <clears throat> he said, 
Please permit me to go, because we have a family sacrifice in the city, and my own brothers summoned me. So if I have found favor in your eyes, please let me slip away to see my brothers. That is why he has not come to the king's table. Then Saul became enraged with Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a rebellious woman, do you think I do not know that you are chosen to side with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother? As long as the son of Jesse is alive on the earth, you and your kingship will not be firmly established. So now send someone to bring him to me, for he must die. However, Jonathan said to Saul his father, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? At that Saul hurled the spear at him to strike him, so Jonathan knew that his father was determined to put David to death. Jonathan immediately rose up from the table in the heat of anger, and he did not eat any food on the second day after the new moon, for he was upset over David, and his own father had humiliated him. In the morning Jonathan went out to the field for the appointed appointment with David, and a young attendant was with him. And he said to his attendant, Please run and find the arrow that I shoot. The attendant ran, and Jonathan shot the arrow behind him, beyond him. When the attendant reached the place where Jonathan had shot the arrow, Jonathan called out to the attendant, Is not the arrow beyond you? Jonathan called out to the attendant, Hurry, go quickly, do not delay. And Jonathan's attendant picked up the arrow and came back to his master. The attendant did not understand anything about the matter. Only Jonathan and David knew what was what was meant. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to his attendants and told him, Go, take them to the city. When the attendants left, David rose up from a place nearby that was to the south. Then he fell with his face to the ground and bowed three times, and they kissed each other and wept for each other. But David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, since we have both sworn in the name of Jehovah, saying, May Jehovah be between you and me, and between your offspring and my offspring forever. Then David rose up and left, and Jonathan went back to the city. So this is Kenneth Anderson signing off. It is the 5th of January 2023. The time is 1938, and it is Thursday. Bye.